disappointment of unrealistic expectations. And, you know, I teach people all the time to expect big things. I don't think we should go around expecting trouble or expecting every day to have some kind of problem, but we do live in a real world with real issues and a lot of evil and a big devil and lots of demons that hate Christians. And the fact is, thank God that we can pray and believe and dream dreams and have visions and God does so many amazing, I mean really and truly people, God does so many amazing things in our lives. I mean really just phenomenally amazing. So many little things that we miss and don't pay attention to. Just one quick example. We were out of town and we were gonna go see uh, an Elvis impersonator. I was a teenager when Elvis was like really big and so I still like to hear him sing. And uh, so we had tickets and then our daughter decided she wanted to join us. We were out of town and all the tickets were sold out long time in advance for this and so we were able to get her a ticket but we were split we weren't together so i said let's pray that there will be seats open next to us or to you so we can all sit together now you know in the natural your brain wants to say well it's not going to happen they already told you that the theater's completely sold out but sure enough Every seat in the place was taken. I saw one empty seat down in front of us, but next to my daughter were four empty seats, people who didn't show up. Well, see, we didn't, but you know what? That was God just showing out. And we take those things as coincidences, but I encourage you just pray about everything. You know, let, let prayer be like breathing. Just, Open that door to give God an opportunity to work in your life. And whatever you do, let's don't get so used to God. Come on, Christians. Let's just don't get so used to God that we forget how exciting it is to know Him. But even in the midst of that and all the blessings we have, there are a lot of unhappy people in the world, and a lot of them are Christians. And if we could all just be honest for a minute, lots and lots of Christians are discontent. They're not content. It's always another thing we're looking for. There's something wrong with this church, I'll find another church, then I'll be happy. Something wrong with this job, I'll get another job and then I'll be happy. You know, when are we really gonna just make our mind up to be happy right now? And to be happy with the life we've got because the life you have right now is the life you have and hating it is not gonna get you a better one. Matter of fact, the one you've got is probably pretty good if you get a right perspective. So I, I started talking about that it's not just our circumstances or the people around us that make us unhappy. It's really what we expect people to do. Like I shared many years ago, and I'm sure a lot of people do this, I was mad at Dave a lot because he wasn't doing what I thought would make me happy. And so I really 
had an unrealistic expectation because I gave him the responsibility of keeping me happy. And anytime you expect somebody else to keep you happy all the time, you're gonna be disappointed because they're really kind of hoping you'll keep them happy. So God said to me one day, stop giving Dave the responsibility for your joy. That's your own responsibility. So we have all kinds of unrealistic expectations. And what happens is when we are expecting something that, well, I mean, like the Bible says in the world, you will have tribulation, but we are just so surprised when we have trouble. It's like, well, God, why? I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand. We're not so shocked when it happens to somebody else. We just like, well, that's part of life, you know, just buck up, trust God, believe God. But when it happens to us, it's a totally different thing. And so really what I want to get across in this message is that we really, I think are in a time in church history and world history when as Christians, we need to have consistent joy not just so we can have a happy feeling, but because of our witness to the world. We have to be different than they are. We have to be, and we should be. And they are not gonna want what we have or be interested in our story about our Jesus if we look miserable all the time and we don't handle life any differently than they do. So I want us to I'll call it play a game with the devil, although we never should take him lightly or think about playing games with him. But his goal is to keep you upset. He sets us up to upset us. He knows what buttons to push. He watches us so close and he knows exactly when we're at a weak time, when he can come against us and get us to just lose our cool, lose our temper, get angry, get upset, lose our peace, and say a bunch of stuff that we really shouldn't be saying. Can anybody agree with that and say amen? So I like to play this game of just trying to see how often I can make it through the test and just stay totally stable because I'll bet that just frustrates the devil no end. When he does his best to upset you, and you still just keep loving God and staying happy and loving people. Come on, let's have a goal. There is only one way to overcome evil. Romans 12, 21. We overcome evil with good. Actually, the best thing you can do when the devil's attacking you is go do something outrageously wonderful for somebody else. Anyway, that's another whole different message. So the way we look at things is so important. Our uh, perspective on life. We're all so prone to thinking about our problems and forgetting about all of our blessings. My gosh, we are so blessed. So blessed. Did you hear me? So blessed. We always think about how bad something is, but we don't think about how much worse it could be. 
if God was not on our side. Come on, give God a big praise. So, I started last night with what is a 10-point message, which is always a joke for me. And uh, I started talking about the um, different unrealistic expectations we get are, are just facing some realities. Just facing reality. How many of you know we have to be able to do that? We can have our dreams and visions and we can pray for great things, but we still have to be able to deal with real life. And nobody lives on the mountaintop all the time. There's nobody that has every day turn out exactly the way that they would like it to turn out. Life is full of disappointments, but we are in the world, not of the world. And so the world has a reality, but a believer has a reality. The reality in the world is in the world there will be tribulation. But my reality as a believer is God will bring me through it all and he will take it all and work good out of it. So the four things I talked about last night, reality number one, nobody and nothing is perfect except Jesus. Nobody. And I don't have time to go back into that, but we just, we expect so much out of people that they just, that we can't even give ourselves. You cannot please all the people all the time. And if you try to, you're gonna lose your own life. And whatever God's destiny is for you, you'll totally miss it. Because everybody expects something different out of you. And if you try to keep them all happy, you'll get to the point where you don't even know who you are anymore. The third thing we talked about is in the world, there will be tribulation. And the fourth thing was, we're all gonna die. <laughs> Can't get away from that. Now, you know, if you're 20, you're not caring too much about that right now. But when you get on up there, up there, you start caring a whole lot more. And we're all gonna stand before God and give an account of our lives. Now, you know, the Bible says a lot about the fear of the Lord. I mean, it's amazing how many times you see in the Bible the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. And many people today don't even have a clue what that is. How often have you heard a sermon on the fear of the Lord? Maybe never. Now, we're not supposed to be afraid of God because we know that He loves us, but we do need to have a reverential fear and awe, and we need to realize that God sees every single thing that we do. And so it's not really what we do out in public that is so important. It's what we do at home behind closed doors when we think nobody's looking, but God is always looking. Now, if you've received Christ as your savior, you're not gonna be judged based on salvation. But the Bible says that you can spend your life doing all kinds of good works. And when you pass through the eyes of fire on judgment day, that every work that was pure, you'll get a reward for it. But anything that was done with a wrong motive to be seen by people, to be well thought of, or all these crazy things that we get into, you lose the reward of that, although you yourself will be saved. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to heaven and still be in kindergarten and have to start all over again. If I'm going to spend my life 
serving God, which is what I've done for the last 42 years. I mean, that's, that's my life. That's what I do. I don't want to lose my reward. Come on. Reality number five, the devil will never leave you alone. I didn't think you'd be excited. There wasn't one point I had last night that anybody was excited about. But I've had a lot of people say, that message just was so, oh, it just, that was life-changing for me. Yeah. Because sometimes we get just a little bit too carried away in our thinking, thinking that because we have this relationship with God, that we should never have to deal with stuff that the world deals with. And that's just not, it's not reality. And I'm really big on, I mean, I guess it's just part of who I am, but I don't, I mean, I have big dreams and visions, but I'm, I'm a very realistic, common sense, down to earth person. You, because you're a Christian, that doesn't mean that you lose your mind. You still have to look at things in a realistic, logical way. If you mistreat people, they're not gonna like you. If you spend more money than you make, you're gonna be in serious trouble one of these days. A lot of things, it's just, you can't pray it away. The devil will never leave you alone. And actually, if he is leaving you alone, you have a worse problem than if he wasn't leaving you alone. Because if he's not bothering you at all, that means you're not bothering him. You have no idea what it costs me to preach these messages. Because I get tested on every single one of them. And so anytime you're making progress in any way, the devil is going to come against you and try to stop you. There's not one person in here. I mean, you can say, well, I just wish the devil would leave me alone. What if the devil would just leave me alone? Well, he is not going to leave you alone. I said, the devil is not going to leave you alone, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The reality in the world is the devil is not gonna leave you alone, but as a believer, your reality is you have authority over him. But you gotta recognize him and you gotta exercise that authority. Having something and using it is two entirely different things. And listen, I don't think we should focus on the devil. I don't think we should go around talking about the devil all the time, but we are making a mistake if we never hear about him and we never think about him and we never do any reading on him because I went to church for years and years and years and I never heard a sermon on the devil, never. I thought he was just like some kind of Halloween character that wore a red suit and had a pitchfork. I mean, I, did, I was blaming everything in my life on everybody except the enemy. Come on. I'm sure most of you are familiar with Luke chapter four, where immediately after Jesus was baptized, before, now listen to me, before he started his public ministry. Some of you want to be in ministry so bad. Okay, well, you got to pass a few tests first. Because you never know what you know until it's tested. We think we know, and we can tell everybody else what to do, but until it's tested in our own life, we really truly don't know 
what we don't know. And so right before Jesus started his public ministry, he was tested. The Bible says the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness. Come on. You think the Holy Spirit won't ever lead you into a hard place? Oh, yes, he will. You know why? That's where we learn our greatest lessons. You think the Holy Spirit won't arrange for you to sit right next to somebody at work that almost drives you crazy? Oh, yes, he will. And if you run away from that one, the next one's liable to be worse. You know why? Now listen, it's the imperfect things in our lives that God uses to perfect us. That might be one of the most important things I say today, get that. It's the imperfect things in our life that God uses to perfect us. We're not worth our salt if we're just spouting out words and we have no experience. When I tell you God is faithful, I'm telling you I know by experience that God is faithful. I know that. And so the enemy tested him. And he tested him through telling him lies. I'm not going to go and read it, but every time the devil would say something to Jesus, the Bible says, and Jesus said to the devil, you need to talk back to the devil once in a while. Amen? Shut up, devil. Get behind me. You're a liar. No. That's a good one. No. Not doing that. Come on. And every time that the enemy tempted Jesus, Jesus said, it is written. It is written. One of the most powerful things that you can do is confess the word of God out loud every time the devil lies to you. You hear, you hear in your head, you're no good. You say, that's a lie. I'm created by God and everything that God created is good. Matter of fact, you just have no idea how awesome I am. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Because I, I gotta press on. Like I said, we don't wanna be devil-minded all the time, but we can't forget either that he really is the source of all of our problems. Now that, he works through people and he works through circumstances. But the bottom line is, is that even though people do have a responsibility not to give place to the devil and let him use them, it's still, when you come to the bottom line, it's the devil that's causing the problems. And until we learn how to deal with him, we're never gonna get consistently happy. But what I love about this story in Luke, you go through all, all of it from Luke 1 to verse 13, after he had finished, so verse 13 says, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until another opportune time came along. So the devil had no intention of ever leaving Jesus alone. Jesus won that battle. 
And then immediately after that, he started his public ministry. Come on, if you wanna do anything for God, don't think the devil is gonna roll out a red carpet for you and you're gonna have nothing but favor. And then in Mark 4, there's another great story. The sower sows the word. It's talking about the word of God being sown into the hearts of different kinds of believers. And it says, and these are the ones along the path where the word of God is sown. And when they hear it, Satan immediately comes and tries to take away the word that was sown in their heart. 